another episode of the monkey business show today we have my two favorite people in esports two close friends of mine hi gabriel mr fallen how are you doing hello jay what's up guys i'm doing good what about you are we really really good dude i'm so glad to have you here with my other half johan what's up buddy <laughs> what's up what's up that sounds weird but we're gonna go with it <laughs> <laughs> no man not much it's a, it's a beautiful day in portugal um very hot been a been a great day for me. Yeah, I'm happy to be here, and I think it's cool. This is not often that I would say the three of us are probably going to show up in the same call, uh, but happy that today is the day. Well, here, Gabriel and you, Johan, are two of the most inspiring leaders I've ever been around in my whole life, inside and outside of gaming. I had the privilege to work with Gabriel when he joined in my VR, and dude, we're we're so happy to have you. I know this early for you; <laughs> it's eight AM in LA. So thank you so much, dude, for joining. Thank you, my pleasure. I think I had the chance to to be around Johan as well in one of the Summit Cups, if I'm not wrong. I had an opportunity to talk a little bit there, but I have always been a big fan of Dota and been following a lot of Dota players and Dota matches. So Dota has been on my life forever and Johan as well, just because I've been watching a lot of games. So it's a pleasure to be here. Oh, that's an honor. Damn. Thank you. So cute. Dude, we have so many things to cover and so many things to, that I want to talk about and I want the world to know. Uh, obviously, uh, Gabriel, I think the first thing we could talk about is the, the project, you know, Imperial and everything that you've been doing. Obviously, it was like a last dance, but then it's more than a dance and you guys did really good in the RMR. Tell me, how did this project came about? Uh, basically, I feel like I'm getting to that retirement age uh, soon, and mainly because I want to do other things in life too. I want to enjoy a little bit more of my wife. Stay more at home. I've been very busy traveling all the world for the last six years. So for this last moment of my career, I wanted to, to have a lot of fun. So I decided to group up with people that I really like and decided to, to see how far we can go. And surprisingly, we did super well in the first semester. I think we went super far on the RMR, almost qualified to the playoff stage, one match away from it, beat some super new dogs there they're playing super well beat cloud nine one of the best things in the world at the moment so it, it feels it feels very good but at the same time uh kind of gave us a taste that we can go further you know so it's, it's it's cool to see how even inside the team a little bit of the expectations keep changing as we go so it's being learning phase as well that's awesome it went from like hey we're doing this for fun to wait 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 i mean maybe we can go deep you know <laughs> Exactly, and with that comes a little bit of problems, a little bit of differences, but it's pretty cool. Uh, Gabriel, how old are you right now, if I may ask? Uh, right now, I'm 31. 31. And you, Johanna, 28. Mm -hmm. You just turned 28? No, October 29. October. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Retired too early. Yeah. <laughs> I feel old, bro. I feel, like, I feel like I was like the last, even the last two years were squeezed, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I started when I was 14, so that was still, what's that been? 14 years, I think, of traveling and playing. Yeah. Yeah, I started with 13 as well. So it's been 18 years. Damn. What a lot of riding. Damn. Damn. That's, that's quite a long time. Oh, my God. So the first time I, I went, uh, when I joined in my VR, I have a story for you guys. Uh, Fallen and the team were living in, in California. And he said, like, hey, look, why don't you come back to the buy the house and you can meet all of us. And the same feeling that I had when I met you, Johan, is the same feeling that I had when I met Gabriel. He sat me down. He's like, look, if you're going to be part of a team, we're a family here. We eat together. We live together. And there is no secrets between us. We have to be here. And he was the very lovable and charismatic guy. Like, if Fallen tells me, go to the desert with me, I'll be like, okay, <laughs> let's do it, you know? And I think that that's why, I don't know, there's so much love for you, Gabriel, in the community and why you've won for so, so long, you know? You've cared deeply from everything that happens with everybody in the team and how to support them inside and outside the game. And 
dude, it was honestly the most inspiring moment, I think, in esports. Obviously, I was fanboying as well, you know? <laughs> so Yeah, I, pre I appreciate yeah, dude, that. How long have you, yeah. you realized that that was your way? Oh, camera's gone. Yeah, I appreciate that. I feel like I, I try to treat everybody around me with respect, just like I want to be treated, you know? And I don't know, it's just just who I am. And I, I, people who work around us, uh, mainly on esports, there's different levels on, on how they see you. Some people just don't care what you do, but other people, they know you. And you know, as you said, it could be fans and all those things. So as soon as I start conversation with someone like that, I, I just try to show that, hey, we're just normal people, you know, like don't have to to be thinking too much to talk about the things you think and, and, and how you should behave around us or something like that. I think this is for famous people, you know, like we're just gamers, you're having fun and, you know, just like everyone else. So that's what I try to do. Most of the times I, I meet someone. I'm glad that you had this good impression, G. Yeah, dude, Johan, imagine, you know, you just show up and you're like, fuck, I'm going to see Fallen. Fuck, I'm going to see Fallen. And Fallen is like, oh, come on, sit, get a plate, you know, sit with us. Here we eat together. You don't have to eat like on the, on the other table. And immediately we're like, look, if you're going to be part of the family, you know, you have to get along and just get to know us, all of us, you know. And I don't know, it really gave you the feeling. Yeah, that's, that's important as well for us because we have always been living outside our home to play mainly from 2014 to now. So yeah, definitely, we're definitely a family there. We, all we have is everyone who's around. We don't have parents. We don't have normally girlfriends and wives, brothers, everyone is away. So you kind of have to create this family around if you want to be competing outside like that. Wow. I thought it's a good teams, right? When you have a good team, that's how it should be. Or like you have nice. That's how you want it to and, be, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. People get along and agree on on you know certain things or whatever yeah yeah i mean but then you have some teams that are really weird habits <laughs> and the dynamic is really off yeah yeah which can be double rough you know like you're saying you spend all this time and then the time isn't spent you know nearly as well as it could be in terms of daily life and how you get along with people that's when that's when the sacrifice hurts even more right when you're on a team and it, it doesn't feel good it doesn't feel right shit yeah, some, sometimes I have been playing with so many team, different teammates. And of course, some of them are going to mesh better. Some of them, not yeah. that much, yeah. too much differences. But what keeps you going sometimes is this bond that you can create with people. And when the bond's not there and the defeat comes in, <laughs> it might break you if you don't have something else to rely on. So yeah, it's super important. You both have captain and, and lead. Uh groups that I have were extremely successful during specific times. I would say like the two biggest eras, you know, in Dota and CRGO is the SK Fallen era and the Johan 2TI era with Seb. What was for you guys living those things now that we are like a few years removed, you know, when you look back and you're like, oh shit, there was a lot of magic there, you know, for these two years. Or do you like try to replicate the same magic or how do you go about building teams now? Uh, I'm going to go first then. For me, looking back, I think when I look back, uh, I kind of realize how everything shaped to be how it was supposed to be in a sense where a lot of work that was put in, even before we showed up as a team, kind of bring everything together to that point. So for me personally, when I started uh, Games Academy and I started teaching people how to play CS like many years ago in 2011, I didn't know exactly how that would go and I didn't know exactly how, how far I could become as a player. But I just kept doing it because I really liked it. You know, like I really loved uh, giving more to the community. So eventually I could get something for the community too, you know, like this kind of trade. And as things start going, we just put a, a very uh, initial team in 2014 playing international CSGO tournament. And that didn't go well at all. Like we lost our games, but that didn't stop us to keep going, you know. And then two years from there, we had the best thing in the world for two years in a row, you know? So I think all the work that we had putting in and finding the right people as well, um, I absolutely couldn't do what I did by myself. I really found some precious gems around the way, you know, like found some people that also had on their moment of their lives, the same goal as I had, which I think is important. So you kind of need to find the right pieces, but the right work, and it has to be the right timing on their lives too, you know, because maybe, Maybe the teammate that I had five years ago 
doesn't have the same mentality as he has right now. So even if we put ourselves together and we agree everything, it's not going to go the same way just because you change as a person as time goes by, you know? So it has to be this very fine timing to create something special like that. But when I look back, I, I'm, I'm just very proud. And what I try to do right now is a little bit try to replicate things from the past, but the game keeps changing. Like the things that we had there that made us be one step ahead of most of the teams at the time, they're different now. You, you kind of need different standards, need different mindset and different knowledge to be able to replicate that. And it's not easy. Damn. All right. Crazy. Now follow that. I, <laughs> no, I mean, I think, I think it was so many good points. I think it was well said. <laughs> um, I think something that I've, <clears throat> I've said myself before too, and, and I've heard other smart people say it is like having the same goals is ultimately super important. Um, something that our, my teachers also taught us in school is like when you go for a school project like make sure that your ambitions are the same but also your willingness to get there is also the same you know willingness to sacrifice things or time spent on it or so on and so on um i think a lot of teams especially early days in in dota esports was and heroes new with esports was not none of this ever was ever spoken about or brought to light and i think if you do that beginning any project it's it's going to start out a lot healthier you know you have like accountability you've said you know i've committed to this i've committed i'm committing as much as you are and let's do this shit together you know um it is it is how, how i think i would do it today if 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 i were to do it you know it's like the first thing it's like our what do you want and do you have what it takes to get it um and are you willing to do what it what you have to do you know and and find people or like find the words for people to say and like make them realize that yeah we want the same shit and we we're willing to do the same to get there. Um, so what it was like for me, I guess, like TI8 and TI9, I would say same thing. There's so much work before this as well that had been put into this run. Like TI8 was a showing of, you know, trust. And even though we may have not been as strong Dota-wise as the next year, we were by far the strongest that year in terms of like atmosphere and trust and no fear and like same mentality type deal and i think that came with all the years we've been playing together those people on uh, different times but you know sev had been coaching for years and stuff um i think all these things also played a huge part in in what happened both tia but also ti9 you know and then you develop a sort of like routine and professionalism and stuff too it's not just getting to know each other but you also you know you build habits together and so on and I doubt it would have happened if, if, you know, Thompson was new to the group, but other than that, it, uh, we have been many, many years together. So I think there's a lot of things that get, you know, fall, fall into uh, fall into place and it's all the hard work and effort that everybody has. And then a lot more on top of that, <laughs> and then you have uh, cool shit, you know, when people really work together and make each other work, that's when you go really far. Do you felt after you started winning a lot that you became a little bit more like comfortable, uh, Gabriel, where like, man, maybe I'm less hungry than I was before I started winning or like, how do you keep your motivation after tournament tournament when you know that everybody's just trying to take you down? Uh, I think game wise, I didn't really get more comfortable. I have always been working hard on, and I really like watching the games. So studying other teams playing. So that's, that's been me for the whole of my life. So that didn't change when I, I started winning, but motivation did go low a couple of times uh, because of different reasons. And I remember one time when motivation was a little bit low, we were winning a lot of stuff. They came up with a phase super team. They got some guys together, you know, and those guys were supposed to challenge us hard. And then I remember when they were releasing their their, their new team, the team got together and they were watching a video from them and they were like, we're going to destroy those guys. So our motivation went up right away, you know, like, after it, where everyone was like full practice mode again, we got to show those guys what we're made for, you know? And then we kind of <laughs> met them two times in a row convincingly afterwards. So that it was funny to see. That, that was one of the first times that someone else releasing the team made my team stronger. You know, it was super cool to see. And another thing that happened, I remember, so game-wise, I don't think my motivation changed, but the amount of work I was putting in before outside the game, I kind of feel like I can't do that anymore. Because I have been doing overwork for so many years. So, for example, in 2016, I would go for tournaments. I would have my camera on. I would record a lot of things. I would think about, like, just in time, right? in real time. I wouldn't think about beforehand, but I would go 
ask someone about the tournament, how's it going, make sure I show the tournament to my audience, uh, get some interviews with different people, showing the ambient, and then I would go back, play the tournament, get to my room, upload everything on my laptop, edit the video, post it online on YouTube, go to the next day, do the same. So I was doing so many things at the same time that I really enjoyed doing it. And I think that kind of made me, made me enjoy the process because I really like sharing those things with people. But I don't think I have the same energy to do all those things again combined, you know, even more because now I have more people doing it, I have more structure, people doing those things for me. So at the, comparing this, I think I'm kind of low energy at the moment, how it was before. But in game, I think I'm giving everything like I have always been giving. It's just not working as it did before <laughs> that much, but I'm trying hard. I think Johan, you experienced something similar, you know, when you open OG. Like both of you will talk about it a little bit later, but both of you run businesses, you're a businessman on top of players. So you have to figure out, you know, where do you put your head and your heart and your time between mm -hmm. both things? I mean, once you get older and you see past regressions, I guess you'd call them, like how much easier life could have been if you would have just organized, structurized, gotten people to do things and just sorted things out. Like they don't really have to be complicated. And I don't think they start out being complicated, but then you end up all of a sudden in a complicated situation. Um, and that's happened many times over, you know, like OG and the history of OG and, and, and my career as a player too, like this. And, and yeah, I think at the end now, like when it's, when it was finally time to take a break, it was like, uh, even if I wanted to get back to things, I couldn't get back to things the same ever. Like I couldn't, uh, maybe not ever, but it would require yeah, a certain type of motivation to be there. And it's definitely not there now. Um, so there's like no point, there's no, no reason to do all those things or like grind as hard or, 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 or kill yourself over it. You know, um, it's not there anymore <laughs> for now. Let's see. Do you think that you could achieve the same level of success? without maybe the essence of what made you great the first time? Probably not. I think it's very correlated to how uh, motivated you are. Like everything's related to motivation. And I think competitive nature is like so much about fueling motivation and the competitiveness and the competitor inside me is kind of on break. It's, it's definitely turned way down. I like being competitive in some things, but I'm not really going back to being competitive in Dota in the same sense. I'm doing that through the new team, you know? I would rather say, fuck you, my team can beat your team rather than say, I, I'm not going to sit down and play you, you know, like, I'm not like, that's how I feel right now. Uh, yeah. It was definitely squeeze it, you know, a lot of work. And now I feel squeezed out or burned out. I think it's important to see, uh, that as a natural path as well, because we cannot stay doing the same thing the entire life, you know, it's impossible. So if I'm even thinking about that myself a lot lately, because I'm going to stop sometime soon, you know, in the next one year and a half or something like that. And I'm learning as it goes to understand myself. And for me, it's pretty complicated because it's been 17, 18 years playing. Like I have been playing CS my whole life. I don't know how to do anything else better, you know, but at the same time, I, I kind of have to acknowledge and understand that I even I'm a fallen Gabriel, I have different phases on my life, right? And even though most of those phases I have been playing CS professionally, it's coming a time where I have to do something else. And I can't really feel prejudiced about it. And that's, I think, what Johan is talking about. Like, he, he much rather at the moment feel like his team is winning someone else. And that doesn't take away all the the merit, you know, on, on those on those things he's doing because they are amazing. Like, I have been watching the new team play. Like it's insane. All those new kids are so good. I would be very proud to have some new players playing as well. And I kind of, I kind of leave a little bit of that. Last year I was doing some classes for kids in, in online in Brazilian kids, and there was like four guys and a girl. They were all playing with me and were teaching them some basics on CS and all those things. And all the girls, she, her name is Daiki. She's playing for Team Liquid in Brazil, and she won like seven or ten tournaments already. In, in in a year you know so awesome. i kind of get a lot very proud of that too not that i made her win those tournaments but like that was her kickstart point you know like to, to get recognized to show herself and that bring her so many opportunities so i already feel like something very small awesome. that i did yeah. like giving classes for someone you know like spending two i think i spent like 10 hours five days two hours a day and now this kid is a brazilian superstar out of nowhere it's not completely correlated, but I also feel very proud and, and, and I feel like 
we can su achieve success in different ways than just being the guy, being the sub five, giving the calls and winning the games there, right? Which, by the way, I'm a support player to Johan, by the way. Don't let him fool you. It's not true. Every single time I play with him, he plays in Boker and Mirana. <laughs> it doesn't mean I'm a warrior, no, no, though. No. <laughs> He's actually plays a really good Mirana and a very good in Boker, but don't let him fool you. I have you. different Support. hero pool now, Jay. Come on. It's been some years. Okay, so I haven't played with you in a while, but before it's just us, Mirana, Mirana and Invoker. Yeah. Everyone's a Pudge player now, after the changes. <laughs> I actually don't play Pudge much. You know what I'm playing right now? No. I play Dazzle, Abaddon, and oh, Oracle. Mm -hmm. Those are my heroes now. Easy Saving, games. Bro. Easy nice, heroes, nice. bro. Okay, yeah, yeah, Who's yeah. your carry? Do you still play with Fair? Because Fair used to play with Fair was also. playing a lot. Uh, Vinny's playing some Dota too. Uh, Vinny plays off okay. laner carry. So having played more with Vinny, we fear we have been playing some turbo games, so just, just faster. Just play some turbo, but turbo, I don't yeah. think it cut it because there's so much about Dota that's just gone on turbo. It doesn't matter if you make a mistake or not. Everything just goes by, you got money, and everyone is super rich at the end of the game, and that's it. So I, I sometimes I play it. Yeah, I don't like, I don't like turbo games because laning is one of my favorite parts yeah. of Dota. You know, why would I rush through it? Exactly, we would like to lose the lanes. So yeah, Johan, Gabriel plays a lot, a lot of Dota, and he's always loved Dota. Uh, but unfortunately, Gabriel, we are terrible at CSGO. <laughs> Only Anna was good. Johan and Seb are the worst CSGO players ever. Thompson uh, was pretty good too. He just he just yeah. was stuck on revolver meta. He couldn't let go of the revolver. <laughs> uh, but, but honestly, we should have recorded me and Seb. Like I thought I would be better because I was actually pretty good as a kid. Like I won like the the clubs uh, competition, whatever, against some twenty or twenty five other kids. And I, I was, I recognize myself as being good, you know, good FPS player, good at Half-Life, good at, good at CSGO or like CS 1.6 and, and Source. And then don't play FPS for like nine years, sit down, play with Seb and the boys. I could never have imagined myself being so bad. And I was really mad at like my hand not doing the things I wanted it to do and the bullets <laughs> not hitting and stuff like, but he was worse than that. Like we were so bad, bro. You have no idea. I can't even, I can't even explain it and expect you to believe how bad we were. Like <laughs> Seb and I combined, it was like four kills in, in 28 rounds. Like, holy shit. They were having yeah. fun. It's great. Uh, I, when I was in Team Liquid, I know that Mike was playing super well. Their mid player now, Mike. Mike. Yeah, yeah Mike he plays, plays super a lot good. Of CS, yes, a lot, a lot of it. Like he's like high levels. Yes, it's pretty good. Mm. So I only played once with with Fallen. I played CS:GO with Fallen. We play like this game where you just have to kill other people. And I think I killed him once, and he killed me like a hundred fifty times. But that one I celebrated like I just won the World Cup. Mm. He was being attacked by three different people. I didn't win him in a one on one. Otherwise, it will never have happened. That's the one that but there were like three people shooting him. <laughs> yeah that's it yeah but my best story about how i brought fallen down which i'm going to tell in the podcast is i was i got fallen food poison in cologne 2018 oh oh what did you do and we were both shitting our brains out in similar in different bathrooms <laughs> what did you what do you did remember you what did you say jay so we got food poisoning in cologne oh, from true, those kebabs true we are yeah. Oh, kebabs? Yeah. Oh, my God. Actually, true. Uh -huh. Yeah. I remember that. When I saw the guy making kebabs, <laughs> I and then that I now. pay him coins, and he put the coins on his hand, put the coins, and continue making the kebab, I was like, hey, that doesn't sound, doesn't look really healthy. <laughs> and we both had to leave <laughs> the after party. Well. Yeah. Yeah, actually, true. Yeah. I, I think I came back to my hotel and I messaged Jay, did you start feeling bad as well? He's like, dude, I'm in the bathroom right now. <laughs> I, I have to take him down with me you know we both have to get the kebabs and Nuno dude fucking Nuno that didn't even funny. get sick he was fine his stomach was, was just stronger yeah. than ours exactly. that's crazy when was the last time you guys had food poisoning I know Jay has it like every other week because he insists yeah. on, on like I mean food. I do I do I do risk it you know I go to Malaysia and I eat a street food and uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. just the food is so good it's so good I just feel so sick every time I eat just street food uh, in China you know I think one time that I had a very bad food poisoning, that one was like a light one, right? It okay. just felt bad a little bit. But one that I had, I felt very bad. I was playing Blast Istanbul 2018, I think. And I was playing at the finals. I was so tense because of the finals that I didn't really feel it. But when the game ended, I went straight to the to my room and I was dying. I was literally on the floor, like oh. basically crying. And then they had to send doctors to give me 
you know, right away. And then it got fixed very fast after the doctor came in, but like it was super bad. That was the, the worst it got in my life. And I couldn't feel it during the games. Like I knew I was feeling bad, but I think the adrenaline and high stuff. pressure, the, yeah, 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 adrenaline was keeping me up. And then when I lost the finals, all came out together. Emotional food poisoning, oh, everything. No. <laughs> you lost the finals. Like, you didn't want to ask. I, I was like, how about the finals? Are you we lost the finals, it? man. Oh, no. We lost the finals, and there was a, I think there was a very bad round. Oh, no. 15, 14 round where they had low gun, low money for guns, and we lost it. It was one of the worst defeats possible as well to come along. <laughs> Just poop it out, bro. Just poop out the tears. Yeah, we had Roshan, we had everything, we had ages. Oh. All we had to do is go high ground. Oh, man. I can only imagine how frustrating CSGO must be compared to other esports too like that, you know? Because every round is a high or a low. I've often been thinking about that, how I would cope with it. It's a little bit different, right? Because in Dota, you have to build the wing, right? From from yeah. minute one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, games can sometimes turn very suddenly and sometimes you can really slip up and like, you know, let go of the ball. I can imagine that in, in Counter-Strike, it can feel like very tedious to have to reset, you know, so many times during a, a match. Whereas in Dota, it's like you reset after the match. Like there's nothing else. The rest is just a long story. Okay. You know? And I don't know if that yeah. story gets broken up in CSGO or if it also feels like one long story. Maybe it does. Yeah, but definitely there's more reset points in CSGO than in Dota. Because eventually you're gonna have those this full eco where you know you're not gonna win the round most of the times you're just thinking about the next one you know that there is some couple or you you die early right in the round and you're mm. watching for a minute and a half so yeah there's more idle think time about your mistakes <laughs> exactly yeah you think about what it just did <laughs> yeah exactly. I think that's there the part that tilting moments mm -hmm. the part that drives me crazy about CS:GO is that you could be doing everything right. And just the other person can just do it better than you. And that's it. You lose a round. Like, you know, like these rounds yeah. that we see, there are simple kills, five people with their own thumbs. Like, okay, fuck it. You know? Yeah. The skill plays a huge part of the game too. Sometimes the play is, just, is good, it's decent, but the other player is just too good shooting. And then he's going to make it work. Right. Or you just failed an easy bullet that could give you the round and you just whiffed. And the guy just turned, boom, one shot you. You shot three times, didn't hit the head. And now you're dead. Yeah, there's a lot of moments like that. My dog's getting crazy here. I was gonna make a joke like Johan be quiet while he's talking, but <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, dude, we have again so many things that I wanted to chat. Um how do you guys well so Johan, just so you know, uh Gabriel also have a his own company, his own peripheral mm -hmm. company, his own merch company, and his company actually has the rights of the Valve merch in Brazil. In South America, I think. Wow, congrats. It's wow. fucking awesome. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, that's that's super cool. That happened like last year, I think we started. Uh basically just going a little bit backwards. Um, my family has been working with me for a couple of years already. And it started with us trying to develop a way where we could produce merchandise for the teams I was playing for internationally. So let's say I was playing for Luminosity Gaming 2015. And it was very hard for people to buy merch from Canada or from US and then ship it to Brazil. There's a lot of people interested in having it, but it was too expensive to make it happen this way. So we decided to find a way to produce all those things in Brazil. And that's when we kicked uh, started creating merchandise for teams. And right now we, we represent a lot of teams and we do a lot of jerseys for different teams. Even on the major that's going to happen in Brazil now, we're doing some merch with ESL and all those things. But it's, I'll kick it off with we got to sell the stuff that Fallen is using. We got to find a way to share these things with the community. So we started this company and on the other side of the company, um, we decided to create a gear company as well. It started with just a mouse pad and then we went for a keyboard and now we have more than 20 products, have more than 45 employees working uh, locally in Brazil and it's pretty cool. It's been pretty cool. My mom and my older brother takes care of it. A lot of work and it's going well. And for the Valve thing, uh, we have been talking to them for two years. I think my mom was doing most of the conversations, but it basically felt like a gift from them. 
to take to, notes, to, Jay, to our brand. I I, I yeah. actually have been talking to his brother and trying to figure out how to, to do things. Yeah. Well, I think you need to call your mom. I'm going to call my mom, and we have <laughs> they're going to call Bob. Maybe this will be the key the, uh-huh. the way in. <laughs> to unlock it. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, outstanding that what my mom made, managed to do there, and also going to use the message here to appreciate it. and thanks the guys from Valve. Like they gave us something that I barely have seen and give to anyone else in the world. And that's the ability to produce CSGO and Dota products learned licensed by then. And then it's a little bit complicated to do those things. A lot of permissions have to go by, but it's been an amazing process. They have me very understanding and it's super cool. It's super cool to be able to, to share those kind of things with community. And next step now is having the community to produce some merch as well, to give some ideas so we can introduce some things from the community as well on the products. So it's been very, very, very cool. Do you see what I'm sharing on the screen? Mm-hmm. Johan, look at this. Yeah, it's yeah I'm, I'm super watching cool. it also on, on mine. Yeah, it's super cool. It's, it's super, super cool. Dude, I, I one of the things that I really like uh, that you did uh, was that you wanted to show that you're not just making peripherals and you're just not making things for someone else, that you actually use and have used always your own peripherals. Like if this is good enough for you, it should be good enough for everybody, correct? Yeah, I have been using most of the stuff for, even if it's not the full time, I have been using them uh, in different times. For example, we launched a keyboard that's a very economical keyboard, like low cost keyboard. And I even play a couple of majors with it. Like it's, it was completely playable. And I'm using my headset, which we call Morsego. It's basically bad Portuguese. A couple of the prefer- peripherals have like a animal names on most of it. So that's kind of a the cool idea from the brand. And I have used the mice pad, uh, the keyboard. I even used the mice for a couple of time. But the mice is something that is very psychological, you know? The mice, I use it for a couple months, six months, eight months, and then I was not playing too well. And then I'm like, dude, I just got to go back to what I'm really feel comfortable with. And I came back to a 2015 mice, you know, don't want to change it. It's, it's very psychological. But I mean, the, the, the idea on the gear is to, to create uh, very accessible prices and mm-hmm. It has to be good enough to be competitive, you know, like the products, that's the goal. It has to be very competitive in terms of um, what it can give you in terms of the level of the, key, the gear, but at the same time, it has to be accessible because in Brazil, it's very complicated uh, on prices, just for you guys to have an idea because of the taxes in Brazil. So let's say something costs $10 uh, for us to buy on China, for example, just because we're going to be importing into Brazil, there's already a 80% right away just because it's a, it's a merch, uh, a technological merch coming from a different country. So it already goes to $18 right away from the, from the scratch. So there's a lot of uh, bureaucracy and a lot of tax that comes by that makes the products very expensive in Brazil. So that's why it's a little bit harder than in other countries to be getting access to all the good products that we have. So Johan, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you my secret. I think that I've dreamed of having you both in an organization and a company for a long time. And I've been always talking to Gabriel to see how timings and things will work out. And we talked about it. Maybe it doesn't work during the CSGO time, but it works after the CSGO time. Because think about it, how cool it is. He wanted to make something that was low cost that everybody could afford or more people could afford. Because, you know, like in a way, all these technologies are very expensive, but they were good enough for him to be competitive. And I don't know, dude, you do so much for the community in Brazil. I've been always so inspired about how much you're giving back. It's, and Johan is, is one of his main objectives, you know? He wants to create an NGO in OG, and he wants to create programs for us to give back and to help different uh, underdeveloped uh, groups. So, I don't know, you mm-hmm. both are amazing. It sounds mad and it sounds wild. It sounds like a lot of things to kind of weave in and out. I mean, bureaucracy is my least favorite thing in the world. <laughs> so props again, I mean, Pulling it off and and yeah, having the people who are close to you help you manage it, I think is the right move too. Yeah, what do you definitely. Do? Couldn't make any of that without them. What do you want to do after the you stop playing? Like, is this like more like okay, you continue doing with like either gamers club or you want to do it more like with the merch or stores with with initiatives? What is like if you had a magic wand? What do you see yourself in ten years? That's the question, Jay. If you know the question, let me tell my wife too. Let me tell my parents. <laughs> let <me tell> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right now, I, yeah, I don't, I don't really have the answer, complete answer for that. Uh, sometimes I feel the the itch of maybe going for a coach uh, career and really helping other teams to succeed and, and and getting wins. But at the same time, coaching will be complicated because it's kind of the same life I live right now. 
where I don't have to stand. I, I can't stay at home too much. So that's basically what makes it hard for me to really go this path. Uh, secondarily, I really like streaming. I really like creating content and being in touch with people. So streaming is pretty cool because I could stay at home. So that's something I think about it. And the third one is, which doesn't necessarily has to be one or another, but I, I really like uh, the teaching part of the game and games academy thing, like all those things where I can develop new people. Uh, I'm really fascinated about it. I have a lot of knowledge that I really know how to pass along. Like I know which things can make people better. And that's basically how I started long ago. And maybe when I finish, I can get back to it. I will see. Right now, I don't have anything shaped towards this direction, mainly because Gamers Club is being sold a couple of years ago during the MyBR time to the MyBR group. So I'm no longer uh, connected to Gamers Club and Games Academy in that way, even though I'm still friends with uh, most of the people who works there, even uh, Yuri, who is their CEO. Um, I don't know. I have to find a path to keep uh, transmitting knowledge, I guess, in a way. I'll, I'll see what happens later. But you can tell me what do you do in my, if you were myself, Jay, I would appreciate some tips. So I think for me, look, I, we actually have a lot of conversations like that because for example, we created this monkey business show. Okay. And I wanted to make it live everywhere and to go to every tournament. And Johan was like, that's amazing. But if I were to go tournament to tournament, I'd rather just play, you know? So I don't want a live that makes <laughs> exactly. me yeah. put on a, on a plane 300 days out of a year. Like I've never wanted to do that. Or, oh, do you want to be a caster? It's like, not really, because I don't want to travel either, you know? So in a way, no life that will just make him just travel around the world. So with us, we've been a little bit selfish. It's like, okay, Johan, we'll put the Dota team in your house, literally. You know, so the Dota team lives with him. So he doesn't have to move. And If you can't are... go to the Dota team, make the Dota team come Correct. to you, right? Um, <laughs> I like that. I like that. Maybe I can coach. <laughs> uh, I mean, like you go, you go somewhere, you make like, you try to make like the better or the best bootcamp facility you could dream of yourself. And you're like, you can, you can come here or, or you, you don't, you know, you don't have to. And uh, people seem to come, you know, and, and I don't know, we were, because we were not planning to bootcamp here, for example, for TI-10, because we spent so much time, but then we, we, we end up in our bootcamp destination in Austria and it went to shit. Uh, something happened. We're not going to talk about that right now, I guess. Maybe I'm happy can. to talk about it. We should maybe talk about it. Fuck it. Let's just story. go for it. But so anyways, now yeah, let's start with, finish, I just finish want to finish phone, because it, it was shit. And then we were voting, like, should we go back to Portugal, even though maybe it felt too much like home or should we go somewhere else? And we ended up coming back to Portugal. So, and it was nice. I think it was, yeah. A lot of the time, you know, I don't know. I like, you, you re... sorry, there's just a bit of delay. What are you saying? I like the problem solving though. See, there's always a solution for everything. Hey, you don't want to be traveling too much, man. Just make a very nice place for your team to be and get yourself a team. It's not so easy, but I like the problem fixing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So far, so good. Uh, but bro, I have a story, man. Like when we were going to TI 10 bootcamp, you see TI bootcamp is always the best. We, we, let's just not, not say who organized it. Let's just say that, it, that we organized a tournament. Uh, we organized the bootcamp. Yeah, sure. We'll take the blame. Um, and every year we, we try not to save costs and we try to prepare everything extra. You know, this is like the one you full on great investment, you know, like if you do better at TI, like you can throw money at this. If you have to, you can throw everything at this. If you have to just make sure that you have what you need for the bootcamp, you know, great. So TI 10, we were like, all right, let's go to Austria. We've had great experience before. Um, and it's like great location It's by a lake. Everything is awesome. You know, we're setting, we're, we're setting it up. I'm, I'm on the case too myself. Like every second or third day, I'm like making sure like, yo, have we made sure about this? Have we made sure about that? Have we made the list? Have we given them, you know, make sure that everything is great. You know, get someone on site, get someone on foot, make sure it's good. We get the AOK -okay <clears throat> and we fly from Portugal to, um, to Berlin or I don't know if we're, we're Munich, most of, uh, Munich. Uh, Munich, sorry. And uh, most people are flying from home. And from Munich, we pick up um, some, some nice BMW cars and we're taking a nice drive down to Austria. Uh, and everything, everything is perfect. Like nothing, nothing is going wrong. Everything is smooth sailing. The weather is great. The car is amazing. We get there. The place looks great. And now we're like, hmm, okay. So we, we start turning on the PCs, you know? There's a few things that were not perfect, which was the kitchen was next to the PCs. But honestly, it was such a great location. Everything, nobody would have cared about that. We would have worked it out. We even brought the chef there, like... We were, 
this was going to be great, bro. We had, we had a paddle board, like the lake was like a still lake. It was fresh lake. We already went swimming the first day. Weather again, perfect. The site, amazing. So we turn on the PCs and one of them just has like this giant crosshair that takes up half the screen. Uh, the other one takes like 10 minutes to start up. And the other one, I remember, but everything was like wrong, you know, and, and some of the PCs that we get on, we see that they have everything installed, like, and they have like one gig left on it, like Counter-Strike, fucking League of Legends, Quake 3, Fortnite, all kinds of shit installed on it. And we're like, okay, this, this is not a good sign because that means nobody turned on the PCs and, and kind of like checked it, I guess, because if they did, they wouldn't have been okay with this. Um, also, the monitors were bigger than what we had asked for they were 27 inch instead of 24 um we had a curved chair. monitor to play dota <laughs> yeah no 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 no. this comes later in the story these okay, were just sorry, regular sorry. 27 inch monitors and we have to build the chairs ourselves somebody should have been there to do it but whatever we did it it was fun it was great we started downloading dota on the pcs that don't have it and we noticed oh my fucking god the internet's really slow like hopefully nothing is wrong you don't need a lot to play but if we have to download on all the pcs it might take a day or two if this is the speed like it was super bad and not every PC had it, and wow, 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 wow. Um, and we are trying to figure out the monitor situation. Anyways, the guy comes, the technician who set this up. Um, I don't even remember his real name right now, but we're just going to call him Lance, okay? Lance fucking shows up, and he's like, so what's the problem? I've done this before, you know? I've made a League of Legends bootcamp. I've made this happen smooth. You know, I've been here. There's a server room back there. I know the location. He calls it a server room, but it's like the, the washing room. And there's the uh, broadband in there, you know, the Wi-Fi. Calls it the server <laughs> the modem, room. that's it. Yeah, yeah the modem. <laughs> wait, calls wait, it the wait. Room. Let's not call it modem yet. <laughs> no, no, no. But this is actually the Wi-Fi modem. Just the Wi-Fi modem. The internet's coming from somewhere else. And we're like, yo, what the what's going on? Like, we're, we're, we're trying not to freak out because this was a freak out moment. But we're really trying not to freak out. It's like, what is going on? Has somebody been here turned on the PCs? Who is responsible for this? Who has set it up? And he's like, I have, you know. And they all have, you know things installed and you can just install it if you need. And we're like, yo, bro, like, look, all the settings are completely fucked up. The monitors are bigger than what we'd asked for. And he's like, yeah, but bigger is better, right? And we're like, oh my fucking God. Um, <laughs> okay, so I don't know who he, set up, who he set up stuff for before, you know, like in terms of eSport, but <laughs> someone who probably wasn't like super competitive. Anyways, we're trying to work things out. We're trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. What's going on with the internet? Where are we getting internet from? Why is it so slow? Can we upgrade it? What can we do? And I have a room upstairs. I'm, I'm taking a shower. I hear somebody knock on my door. I open the door and he's like, yo, I just have to go out and check the internet. And he goes through my room up, up onto the roof. And that's where the internet is. It's a little SIM card. It's one of those 5G internet things. And we're in the middle of nowhere. So it's not even getting stable connection. So he was planning to run this whole bootcamp on 5G, um, which was only 4G because we were so far out. A bootcamp, like, and it was spotty, like nothing. It was like uh, two megabytes a second we were getting, you know? And we had to install Dota on like three of the PCs and whatever. And now this is the, the freak out moment. We're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, how can this happen? What can we do? So we could easily upgrade the internet like to fiber, but it's going to take, you know, it's, it's going to cost money. It's going to take at least a week and we don't have a week to spare. <laughs> and this guy, he, he starts realizing that, oh my God, I fucked up everything, right? And he starts becoming like, not apologetic, but kind of desperate for like hints that it's okay. Please tell me it's okay. Please tell me that, you know, it's not so bad. And the last thing he said before, like we never see him again, is like, guys, we can still go to TI. Let's do this. Or like, we can still win TI, you know, let's do this. And was, I don't Holy know, man. It was full so, fuck up. Gabriel, so, I was on the phone with him and he gave me one of the best lines I've ever heard of in my life. I said, dude, have you tested every computer? And he's like, yeah, oh I God. tested my internet with every computer. I was like, but have you tested at the same time? And they were like, I can't. I'm only one person. I'm like, motherfucker, <laughs> just put five computers downloading something. Just put five of my computers. <laughs> so he tested Dota just one at a time. So he turned in computer one. Okay, we're fine. Turn it off. Go computer two. Okay, we're off. Yeah, but the moment that all of them are together online, the whole thing falls apart. Holy he said, guys. I'm only That's one person. Insane. How do you want me to test five computers at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's when you know you got the wrong guy for the job, man. I am <laughs> with this swagger. You have to understand too, like he's late. We've been calling to figure out who set this up and to get him to the house. And then when he finally arrives, like hours later, he comes in with this swagger. Whereas like, I got this. What's up? What, what do you need? You know? 
So the God story damn, is that man. I called him on the phone and I said, Johan, said, just get on a plane and come back to Lisbon. You know, let's not waste any more time. Because I mean, we're debating Lisbon, Copenhagen and stuff. And, and yeah, we even went to a different place over there to see if we could book him from a net cafe until we could maybe figure okay, out so the internet the solution. Monitors. And this net cafe was the one that also had the replacement monitors that were 24 inch. Again, like a hookup from, I think, the same... Uh, people who were, were setting up the place, you know, so we get there and we're like, okay, where's the monitors? And we see they're all like 24 inch, but curved. <laughs> These were the ones that they were going to fix the 27 inch with. <laughs> There's no break. <laughs> no break. I remember Johan said, just be careful. Just make sure that this TI bootcamp is the best bootcamp ever. We never got our money back from the house. We never got our money back for anything. We had oh, a yeah. mansion there. So, yeah. But oh. anyway, the the beginning of the story is that Johan decided with a uh, uh, part of the earnings that he's taken through his life that he was going to build like the perfect bootcamp facility. He has a house with 15 bedrooms, 15 bathrooms, uh, three gaming rooms, like a pool, a uh, ping pong area. And that's where we live. Yeah, that's that's so where cool. we've been living. With the I team. heard about that too. Yeah. <laughs> it is really awesome. Is there some cool videos on the, on the, on the place that we can watch? He has a famous BBC or something. Dude, you should come this time. But yeah, I will show you. I will send you videos after this. Sounds good. I would like to check it out. I send you my private gardening videos. I have lots of those. Like <laughs> my my broccoli. We're making broccoli soup today. I made broccoli chips Here today we as go. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And he has dogs there. Yeah, so right. he wanted something very different. You know, instead of like this high tech metal and glass facility, he's like. The moment that you open the door, you are in the grass and you're outside the whole time and you have the dogs around. Everybody has no shoes That's so <laughs> the cool. whole time that you're there. I really like the idea. I really like the idea. Yeah, because that really fixes a lot of problems. Probably he doesn't want to travel too much anymore. You know, he's at home. Things are happening around him. You can take a look on what's going on. Be close to help. I also think it's part of like the gaming experience too. If people have extended boot camps like we used to, it felt really bad to be in a hotel or to be in that office environment for eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours every day. Where the boot camps were for TIA, we always had them in a house. Always had them in a house. That was the best. So, Johan, they always yeah. live in a house as well, right? When you guys were doing our your teams, it was, it was house environment. Yeah. So, from 2015 to 2018, 18 almost 19 we always had a gaming house we'd get a good house location put all the pcs there everyone has a room maybe share depending on the occasion but everyone has their own privacy and then we would be living there whole time and that's because everyone was from brazil and then you have to live in north america there's no other solution i think other solution would be get an office get an individual apartments that would work too but we much more preferred uh to have the gaming house for everyone because we like the atmosphere and now on this year, I have been traveling to Europe since February, we're in July now, and I have been going from hotel to hotel, from office to office. And thanks God we have the Kingwin facility in Poland that helps us a lot. Uh, but anyway, it's, it's still tough on the long term, right? Because you are always in the same place, always from hotel to hotel. You know the atmosphere, it kind of burn you out at the end. I felt like my energy was so low compared to February after four or five months of that. I mean, no surprise, no surprise. And there's all this cabin fever also when you spend all that time with the same people and, and if you're doing the same thing every day without breaking the routine, the routine also ends up being, I don't know if you had the same feeling, but a lot, a lot of the guys get that feeling of, you know, the days melt, blend in together and you don't really have those milestones every week where you can kind of tell Monday from Tuesday and stuff from last week. Um, yeah, so I, some Dota boot camps we've had have been way too much, way too long. Also, yeah. the traveling part. Yeah. Now, Gabriel, for the yeah. Dota for the Dota DPC right now, it's like six, seven weeks, you know, of Dota. <laughs> seven weeks of boot camp. Imagine you just want yeah, to jump out of a window and, and swim away. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not. It's and not like, confusing. how many games a week? One. One. And they say that you know you have six days of chill, but no, you have six days of grind for the one. This is how it works. Yeah, exactly. If yeah. the other team yeah. grinds, you don't. It's like it's harder, you know. So everybody's yeah. grinding eight weeks for jack shit, more or less, other than the TI ticket. You know, everybody's just grinding for the TI ticket, and it's so much grind with so little, re like direct reward. You know, you're always just teasing for the future. You know, for the distant future, which yeah. is going to be the TI, where it's like there could be a lot more incentivizing. Or, or reward for, for that amount of grind or just reduce the grind, you know, and, and or something like that, like reduce the time. The eight weeks is insane. Yeah. 
Maybe cut in half, make two games a week, make it more interesting. We're trying. What's faster? Mm. Yeah, there's, Where, there's if, if, if you could give us the number, or we could talk to your mom about how I she was got say, yeah, Send me, send me her name <laughs> and her number, and we'll, we'll see what we can <laughs> That's do. That's a good idea. <laughs> That's a good well, just idea. Just let me borrow her email. I'll like you know pretend. <laughs> you know, and it's like I hear that things are very hard in the daughter sphere. <laughs> Something you yeah, want to talk about? Uh, yeah, let me fix it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's obviously always a little bit tricky and complicated, even though respect and love their work so much and what they do for the games, but it, the community part is it's complicated. I feel like sometimes they don't want to really step too much and let things flow by itself, just because I think they want to avoid problems too. Because, you know, if they if they start showing up and deciding things, that's going to lead to different problems too. Like, I can understand that. But at the same time, we still need a little bit more, right? But those kind of things, those kind of feedbacks, it shouldn't be too hard to get from the players and, and make something good enough for everyone. It's just, yeah. so, I work in both in the Dota and the CSGO ecosystem. And they're so different. They're so, so different. Even though it's the same company running them, they run it completely differently from each other. Bro, but we have to be careful with that. You know why? Because the CS players are going to say, hey, we envy those Dota 2 Valve employees. They are awesome. Where are our CSGO guys? Exactly. And then the Dota guys are going to say, hey, what's going on? The Dota guys, employees are so complicated to deal with. Look at the CSGO guys. <laughs> it's not going to be like that. Yeah. So, but if you think about it, a couple of years ago, we only had internationals, right? And then there was no DPC points or system or, or major system or whatever, right? Straight to the international. And then they, I think they heard feedback and they kind of change the landscape and they they try to make something that would be sustainable for the whole year right and then they start giving the majors and minors isn't that the timeline for for dota or yeah, more or less it started great a little bit right it started great like a great experiment you know and then it felt like the scientist got ahead of himself and like put in 12 minors and like eight majors in one year and it was so we started with like three majors in a season which was great you know and then the other years they did two uh, the next year they did two majors, uh, if I remember correctly. And then the next year, that was like the eight majors, 11 minor system where the scientists just kind of lost the plot, you know, went, went over Too much. overboard, yeah, <laughs> over the top. <laughs> and uh, I would say the DPC system has never been good. Um, I don't like the argument of at least we had something because the invite to T, I actually preferred it before. If you want to ask me, do I prefer pre-major? TI uh, invite and how the, the ecosystem was, or do I prefer DPC? I actually prefer the old. I think it was more fair. It allowed teams to peak at certain times to win certain tournaments. That was their TI invite. That was their DPC points, kind of. Um, and now it's like the best teams, they still have to grind as much as the teams who've never won anything. And I think it's... Ah, it's just such a drain. Uh, I see what I mean. And, and of course, people... It's probably... It probably feels fair if you look from the point of view that smaller teams have the same chance as the big teams, like no one has advantage. But in reality, it's not that simple, right? This, this, this assessment is not so fair. Yeah, I would just like it for, for Dota to be, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm too old. Maybe I'm not motivated enough, but it definitely did not allow me to have the things in my life if I wanted them and if I wanted to win and if I wanted to do my best as a competitor. You know, I couldn't really have a life. And uh, in the old days, I could have half a life at least or a quarter of a life, you know, and also way less stress. Uh, and it, for me, it was better competition because you were allowed to peak. And now it's about continuously doing well every week. Um, I don't think it's necessarily the the best order you're going to get out of it because you you are facing inevitable burnout and drop you know throughout this dpc um it may peak again at the major it will for sure people will for sure try to peak at ti but there's a lot of people in Dota that just are getting burned out yeah. i think gabriel we're gonna lose more and more and more of the legendary players you know because there's no life there's no life they're just burned yeah. out yeah first yes yeah. quite the same I didn't have a life. I'm trying to get one. <laughs> I have three days here, going to the gym, playing some volleyball, got a new bicycle, enjoying a little bit of my lifetime. But that's only going to last for three weeks. And then for next next four or five months, it's all CS again, nonstop. Here we go. Traveling again, there is away from the wife yeah. and the dog and the house and everything. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's, that's what even bringing a topic... 
I was even talking to a psychologist about that. It was some cool tips, like the things you kind of want to trade for the life you want to have at some age, it makes sense. But then the older you get, the more you already live that. You have to throw so much under the bus to live the life that you're like, hey, I'm going to do something else, you know? Yeah. That's the problem. And gaming nowadays, like you said, like if you don't go for this next six days of full game, to, do, to just play the seventh day and, and play the DPC game, someone else is going to be doing it. And it's, it's pretty complicated. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, it's hard. At the end of the day, I don't mind it existing, of course. I just think it's there's a better system if you're also in it for the competitive uh, highlights, you know? And that's what I am. I'm about all about the peak, uh, the ultimate peak of Dota, the ultimate peak of teams. And I'm convinced this is not the way to get it, you know? The old system actually was more that. Teams would pick and choose tournaments so that they could decide, you know, I'm, we're going to peak here. This is the one that we're going to fucking perform at, you know? If not, it is very hard to continues to be at your best you know very few teams can do it but usually never for you know forever it never happens but um yeah it's just now there's no choice in dota because you have to play the dpc you cannot choose but the last... there's no such thing yeah. as winning a tournament and guaranteeing a spot anymore no nope. like you no no no, 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 DPC no points yeah. is the only thing so we won the major the second major and we won the league and that doesn't qualify you to TI, even though there's only three majors around the, the year. Yeah, it was a 99%, but yeah, it's still kind of insane. Whereas back in the day, you win one big tournament with, where all the big names are, that qualifies you for the international but, out yeah, of the 16 was, invites. It was 99% because we also finished second on the first major, you know? Right, it could have been 95 yeah. or 96, Correct. like statistically, but even then, like, I think there's other stats that also play in. Like, people will yeah. care less once they've secured enough points and so on. So, But, but yeah. I think I think there's a statistic yeah. right now that is like even if Secret were to win the major, they still don't have points to go to the A. Yeah, they could. I mean, yeah, yeah. And that is a little. How crazy. many teams will go through? Twelve to TI, twenty. Yeah, to this year. See this year, twenty. Uh, okay. I think so. Right, it's twenty, and it's gonna be like a first group that they're gonna play like the wild cards there, mm -hmm. similar to the yeah. RMR, and then they're gonna cut it to the same than before. Yeah, I'm checking the points here. I didn't know that T-Secret was so far below the points. Uh -huh. And this year, they also changed the format to TI. You know, it's always been like the same two gruesome weeks, you know, and it was part of like the marathon and just the meta just evolving really fast throughout the tournament. Now there is a group stages and then there is space in the middle. Then there is the playoff space one whole week and then the, the week of the finals, the weekend of the finals. Yeah. So the problem is yeah. that, oh, players have time to rest. Nobody's fucking resting. <laughs> Everybody's grinding like their life depends on it because their life depends on it, you know, between one phase yeah. and another one. They truly do. Yeah, they truly do. Yeah, Life-changing money. It will be better than TI-10. It has to be. So I'm excited yeah. for that at least. I want the TI vibe again. There is nothing that compares yeah. to it. Nothing I've ever seen. Oof. So I, I wanted to talk a little bit with about your, uh, obviously your fan base, Brazilian, the major in Brazil, how do you do with the fame? I don't know. Uh, educate us a little bit more about Brazilian CSGO and how you live your life with those amazing fans. Uh, Brazilian CSGO is huge. Like CS, CS Counter-Strike at all has been super big in Brazil since 2000. And that's because in the early days, we had all those cyber coffees, all those land houses, we call it land houses in Brazil, where people would go from school, after school, and then play some games, sometimes stay overnight. And every single neighborhood in Brazil had one of that. And okay. then at the early stages, neighborhoods were playing against other neighborhoods, and they were just playing computer games. Even I, I have a Dota background because of that too, because on, on, on those cyber coffees I was playing in, that was basically CS 1.5 and Dota being played on Warcraft 3 a lot. Like That's why I always played both games because we would we would change from CS to Dota very quickly, get 10 people playing, you know, that would be super fun. That's how I started playing Dota. And then as internet started developing more in the country and computers get got more accessible, it all became online. And then this fever of cyber coffees just disappeared, unfortunately. So this, this atmosphere of uh, people getting together in a place to play uh, went away, but people started playing more from home. So the Counter-Strike community was always super big because Brazil is a super big country. It's like we are 10, 12 European countries at once. You know, we're super big. A lot of the, the amount of people that we have is insane. 
and Counter-Strike was always there. It started dying a little bit in 2009, 2010, because CS 1.6 was in away and giving space to CSGO in the further years. And it got very big again from 2013 to 16. That's mainly when we became the best team in the world for twice in a row. And now we got even more popular with uh, Gaulis kind of creating a new shape on how games can be cast because he is not the usual caster that's going to go and do play by play. He's just someone in a bar watching a game and then people can come along and talk, you know, like it's more of this chill atmosphere. And I think that got the attention of many other Brazilians who didn't really fall for CSGO before, but now because of Gaulis and because of the atmosphere, they are engaged in more than one thing. So they're going to be watching NBA together. They're going to be watching uh, CSGO together. And that kind of put even more people watching the game. So it's very, very easy for a Brazilian team to be playing now when we have 150,000 people watching it, 200,000 people watching it. And that's a combination of all these multiple factors from the past, uh, from the success our teams had in the past. And now from Gaulis kind of creating this vibe that got attention from more and more people from different landscapes. So Brazilian CSGO is huge. Like for this major in Brazil, they sold the tickets for last year because the major was supposed to be last year. And because mm -hmm. of COVID, they postponed it. And for this year, when they launched the tickets again, many people had their tickets from last year still uh, guaranteed. So there was basically no tickets to be sold for hmm. this year. And that was crazy because the community grew so much during the year. I think they could easily fill a stadium with 75,000 people to watch the major if they, if they wanted. But of course, they, they, they didn't think about that last year. And maybe it's not so easy to pull an event like that. But I, I can guarantee you, like a 75,000 people event in Brazil for CS, it would be completely doable, like a major. It would be completely Damn, doable. That sounds like which, it's amazing. Which is insane. Like, I don't think any other country could do it like this way. And I think this, this is going to be the best major ever. And for every Brazilian player, this is the moment to pick. This is where you have to play. This is where you have to be. You know, like, you, you got to find a way to be there. It's not going to be easy. I think this is the dream coming true to all Brazilians to be able to play in front of a Brazilian crowd like that. The Brazilian create state of CS is not only its highest, which makes it even harder. I think there's a chance, actually a chance, that if teams doesn't develop better in the next months, we might actually have no team playing the stage in Brazil. Because you know how it works in major, right? You have to go to the top eight to, to actually play in front of the stage, to play in front of the crowd. So if we don't have a Top eight Brazilian team barely can see any Brazilian team playing stage. Shame. That would be a shame. Yeah, that would be a shame. So it's up to us now to find a way step up, yeah. to get crazy good, to step up in two or three months and make sure we can get there. Uh, there will be a lot online, but it's going to be a super good event. I think you guys should come to see it. I think it's a lifetime I, experience to see a Brazilian event like to. that. For us, it's been a big company objective, you know, how to make it to the major with our team, hopefully. But if not, we'll go without our team. But dude, I I I've still not gone to a major in CSGO. Can you believe it? It's been I think you guys can make it this time. I mean you could have made it last time too. The team is pretty competitive. Mm -hmm. Now you got some new talent over there. They're playing super well, new leader. I think you guys are gonna make it. I'll but if you, you don't come anyway, I think it's worth it. I think Absolutely. it's worth to see. Like the Brazilians are so passionate. It's worth seeing it. The last, the last question that I have for you is, uh, Gabriel, you're really, really, really famous. How do you deal with that? Like, is that something uh, that you just brush through it? Or are you aware of how famous you are? <laughs> I think I'm very... Uh, people know me a lot in Brazil. Uh -huh. And mainly when I'm outside Brazil, like, for example, here in the US, I went to buy a pizza in a Brazilian pizzeria here in, the, in Los Angeles. And it was quite funny because the girl that was selling me the pizza... She asked me my name afterwards and like, oh, I thought you were falling. I was like, what? So the girl knew me. And then the guy who was coming to deliver the pizza, he actually knew me too. And the other guy from the kitchen came by to say hi as well. <laughs> because it was a Brazilian pizzeria, right? But that was that was cool. But that oh, doesn't happen God. with uh, foreigners much. You know, that happens more with Brazilian uh, people, which I think is super cool. I think I am on this line where if I get too much more recognition, is going to be a problem and like a burden because you, you, you kind of lose access to do some stuff with freedom. But it's a line where it's satisfiable, you know, like sometimes get recognized, take some pictures and that's it. You know, so, uh, in Brazil, it's, it's crazy. A lot of people, a lot of places that I go, 
youth guys are gonna recognize me and, and I love that. It's pretty cool. It's awesome. Gabriel, dude, thank you so much for spending this time with us. I've been a huge fan of you before I got to meet you. Then you became a friend and I've been cheering for you. I don't know what the future will bring, but maybe one day, you know, we get to do something all together. I would love that. And dude, I have a new dream for you. Uh, see you in the stage in, in the major in Brazil. And mm -hmm. if or when you make it, we'll be there cheering for you as well. Thanks, my friend. Yeah, there will be a dream coming true. I appreciate it so much. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Johan, for your time too. I'm oh, going to be here. I'm watching all the vids, man. I'm watching top. I sleep every night watching tops on strings. I watch his VODs. I watch everything. And then and I'm watching the new games as well from the new guys. BZM and all the new right, carry and, and so, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's so fun to see those guys playing they're so play so well and i actually wanted to ask you uh how did you find all those guys together because it's insane like they play such a, a high level from from this get going that it was crazy how did you find all those guys johan uh so it started with misha right we had misha as coach for ti10 and uh it was a perfect fit, I would say, like more than perfect. He's a huge OG fan, but more than that, he was like, he was the person that we needed. He was very adaptive. He would have been, you know, a, a positive coach if that's what we needed him to be. But he came in, saw some issues, gameplay issues, early game issues, and was like, yo, this is what we need to do. Yo, look at this. Like, guys, you're so good. Also instilled a lot of confidence in everyone. Could see that <clears throat> for some reason, people were doubting themselves a lot, like even though there was no reason to, you know? Um, and he was, yeah, perfect fit, super amazing teammate, super amazing, like, um, yeah, the leadership gene. And then he's like mega, mega motivated. And we knew already after TI that he was going to play and he was going to make a team. And we already knew that we most likely were not going to play this next season. So it's like, if something's going to happen, it needs to be with Misha. Um, he was kind of the one to do the whole project by himself. Like he started out getting Tommy on board. Uh, I think already he was talking a lot with Chu um, at that moment and they were kind of like building a team together and I would say Misha was like leading the spear like he anything anything he pointed on we would figure out and he yeah he made it happen you know and then we just trusted and nurtured and and rest is history and Gabriel one yeah. more nugget of information is that they didn't want to play with him the famous players Oh when, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people looked at the the project and looked just heard that Misha was gonna it was built around him. It was like, nah, you know, not for me. Or Asi was out there, or you oh, know, okay. there wasn't a lot of like uh, people weren't jumping on the on on the wagon. Oh, but yeah, on the boat. And I also think that was for the better because we ended mm -hmm. up with a group that we really wanted. And and another yeah. issue has been like ego attitude and like uh, you know just inflated like uh, to the point of arrogance. Um, uh, yeah, with young I people. saw the full vid from Amar on his country and stuff. That was super cool to watch. Yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, yeah, dude. I, but anyway, he's fearless. Anyway, Johan, thank you so much. Gabriel, thank you so much, my friend. You're amazing. Uh, have Thanks, a great Gabriel. day, guys. Um, we'll yeah. see you soon. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Mm -hmm.